Access is the Young Adults Ministry of Resurrection Life Church. We hope you enjoyed this message by Pastor Kareens. Glad you guys are back. Um, we are in the midst, again, for those of you who have been here, of a, a study of the book of Ephesians. We're now in part six, but we're in chapter five. So it's part six, chapter five, because we kind of hit a timeout, brought a guy in from Kansas City to preach, and Clint Sprague. And so now we're going to be in chapter five. And if you're here for the uh, first time, I, I don't feel like you're going to feel like you're here for the first time and you're just jumping into the midst of a series because this entire book, as I've been telling you guys every single week, is really about us growing. And, and Paul's writing a letter to a group of people that was, and it, this, this book was meant to be studied by all of us. And, and it's really a blueprint for how we become spiritually mature. Basically, how we become and look more like Jesus in our walk in, in this thing we call Christianity. So tonight is going to be no different. Uh, we're going to jump right in, chapter 5. We're going to start in, in verse 1, and then we're going to kind of jump around a little bit in the chapter. It's not necessarily going to be a verse-by-verse study of the whole chapter, but I've got five particular passages of Scripture that we are going to break down towards the end. So I want to open up. We're going to go right to the Word of God because that's always the best place to start. Somebody say amen to that. Here we go. Ephesians chapter 5 verse 1 says this, watch what God does and then you do it like children who learn, prop, who learn proper behavior from their parents. Mostly what God does is love you, keep company with him and learn a life of love. Observe how Christ loved us. His love was not cautious but extravagant. He didn't love in order to get something from us, but to give everything of himself to us. Love like that. I love that passage of scripture. And then we're going to jump down to verse 8. It says this, for at one time you were darkness. Remember, we talked about going from uh, death to life in Jesus Christ. For one time you were darkness, but now you are light in the Lord. Walk as children of light, for the fruit of the of light is found in all that is good and right and true, and try to discern what is pleasing to the Lord. We're going to jump down to verse 15, and this is going to be the five scriptures that we're going to end up studying towards the end of this message here. Look carefully, then, how you walk, not as unwise but as wise, making the best use of the time, because the days are evil. Therefore, do not be foolish, but understand what the will of the Lord is, and do not get drunk with wine, for that is debauchery, but be filled with the Spirit. Addressing one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing and making melody to the Lord with your heart, giving thanks always and for everything to God the Father in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. This is a big one. Submitting to one another out of reverence for Jesus Christ. The title of our message tonight is Living, Loving, and Looking. Living, Loving, and Looking. Let's pray. Father, I thank you for the remainder of the time that we have here. God, thank you so much again for bringing us all together into this amazing community, worshiping you, God, in song, making melody to you with our hearts, God. We just love you. We worship you with the rest of our time together. And I pray in Jesus' name that somehow, some way, Holy Spirit, you would just add your power to everything that gets said tonight. For your word is the truth and your word is power. And it's the power of God unto salvation. So, Father, I pray for that tonight, that all of us, when we leave this place, will be able to live, love, and look more like Jesus Christ. In his name, we all together said, amen. amen. Who likes food? 
That's a really rational transition, you know. <laughs> that we'd all look a little more like Jesus who likes food. <laughs> it's been a long week, friends. It's been a long week. I love food. You know I talk about food from time to time. Some of you know that I like to barbecue in my backyard. Anybody know what I'm talking about? But I'm talking about real deal like barbecuing in the backyard with a smoker. I've got a Weber Smoky Mountain. It's the best present that I've ever got in this lifetime was last Father's Day, my amazing wife bought me a Weber Smoky Mountain. And this thing is, a, is, is bad to the bone. It's like 18 and a half inches around. It's got two different layers of grates. It's got a water pan that kind of uh, controls the, you know, how hot and the temperature it gets so that you can go low and slow and cook all day long. And I'm talking about like brisket and ribs and, and, and pork shoulder, pork butts. And see, I'm going to teach you guys something tonight that has nothing to do with this message. Pork butt is the same as a pork shoulder. Did you guys know that? I watch Food Network all the time. That's like literally, if you come to my house and look at my DVR, I've got food paradise. I've got like 49 food paradises that I still got to go through, right? I mean, it's, it's weird. I go on a fast. All I do is watch the Food Network and torture myself the whole time. I love, the, and my favorite is Guy Fieri. You guys know who Guy Fieri is? Triple D, Diners, Drive-Ins, and Dives, right? One of our kids' favorite shows, too. And my son, you know, he's getting to that age now. He's nine, and he's always like, when we watch it, he goes, Dad, will you turn this off? I'm getting so hungry. And he ends up eating at like nine at night because I watch it all night long. So I got this Weber Smoky Mountain. I like to barbecue. And and I'm talking about like real deal Southern-type barbecuing, okay? And, And so I've told you a little bit about how I do my ribs before. And... It was devastating when winter hit because I actually had to put, like, the cover over my Weber Smoky Mountain, bring it into the garage, and, like, put it on the shelf for a season. It was, like, it was a sad day for me, you know? And, and I'm waiting for spring to hit again so that I can take it back out and start doing some more ribs. Amen? Amen. But I want to tell you a little bit about the recipe of how I make my ribs. And by the time I'm done... You guys are probably going to go to famous, you're going to want to go to Famous Dave's like after you're done with this. You ever been to Famous Dave's, by the way? They got some good ribs. So this is how I cook my ribs. You guys ready for this? I start out with a Memphis rub, okay? I make my own Memphis rub. It's like 10, 12 different spices. I throw it all together. I mix it up. I put it in like an old Lowry seasoning salt, you know, shaker because I, you know, once I get it all mixed up together, I take the ribs. And by the way, it doesn't matter where you get the ribs. You can get the, I've gotten ribs from Meyer. I've gotten them from Family Fair. I've gotten them from Walmart. I've got them from Save-A-Lot. I shop everywhere, even Aldi, okay? It doesn't matter where you get the ribs. It's how you cook the ribs. It's, it's, it's not about the, the, where you get the meat. It's about the, the cook and how you cook it. So, same into that. Yeah, so it doesn't matter where you get the ribs. You take the ribs, and then you gotta, you got to take this, you know, there's this, there's, this, um, there's this sheath that's on the back of the ribs. It's like this little tiny film, and you start ripping, and then you can rip, like, the whole thing off, and you want to do that so that you can get all the flavor into the ribs. So then you take this, this, this Memphis rub, and you want to you wanna drench these ribs in Memphis rub, right? So you do both sides, pat it in to what, you know, to the point where it gets, it starts to get like wet and, 
you know, it starts to kind of like pull some of the juices out, but then it gets the seasoning and the flavor inside the meat. You see where I'm going with this, right? But while I do that, I'm out on the Weber Smoky Mountain. I start this charcoal chimney. You know, uh, you ever seen those charcoal chimneys? You pour the charcoal in this chimney, and it's got these little holes at the bottom, and you put two pieces of paper in there because who likes to use lighter fluid? Because that stuff stinks, right? And so you don't need to use lighter fluid when you use a charcoal chimney. So then you take the paper, put it underneath, light it on fire, and you wait like the next 20 minutes. And what it does is it evenly lights the coals up, and they just go on for the next 20 minutes. Next thing you know, you've got these, these beautiful gray coals. And then when the very top of them gets all gray, they're ready to go in. So then you put the coals in the bottom of the Weber Smoky Mountain, you put the water pan over it, which is hot water, right? So now the coals are underneath this big water pan and it's heating up the water, but what the water does is actually, it just, it controls the temperature because you gotta stay when you're smoking, friends, this is, this is a good lesson. You gotta stay between 225 and 275 because we're going low and slow for like six to seven hours, okay? So you put it in there. Now I've got the ribs marinating for a half hour. I don't want them any longer than that. Then you take the ribs, Put it, on the, uh, put it on the smoker, but before I do that, I take some chunks of applewood and cherry wood. Chunks of applewood and cherry wood, and I put them right on the coals, and that is where the smoke flavor comes from. So what happens is the smoke comes up around that water pan, it comes all the way to the top, and then it comes down, and it, it infuses the meat with this beautiful fruit flavors, right? Come on, somebody. So you got, you, got, you got the ribs. You got the ribs going. The smoke's now infusing all the meat, right? And then here's what I do after uh, about two hours and 45 minutes. They, they say the, the, you know, the three, two, one method. Go three hours on, take them off, wrap them, put them back in for two hours, take them off, sauce them, and then put them back on for one more hour. Three, two, one. Well, I do mine a little different. I go 245, I take them off, and here's what I do. I do two layers of aluminum foil, I put down a whole sheath of brown sugar, okay, and then I get the squeezable butter, you guys seen that squeezable butter that you can get, right? Take the squeezable butter and then you put the butter all over the brown sugar, and then on top of that, I don't stop there, I take honey. I take honey and I put honey all over it as well. So then what you gotta do is you gotta take the ribs, you gotta flip them over, Okay, so it would be like this. You know how the baby, you gotta get the baby back ribs. Don't do St. Louis either. They gotta be baby backs because baby backs are thicker. Anyway, so you put them down, face down, right? Double foil, so you double wrap these babies, right? You wrap them down, put them back on the smoker for another two hours. At the end of the two hours, you take those bad boys off and now what happens is the meat should be coming down into about a quarter inch off the edges of the bone and that's how you know it's ready fall off the bone, tender, ready to go, right? But it's not done. Then I gotta take some barbecue sauce. I unwrap them. Then I take some Blue's Hog barbecue sauce, which I can only order off of Amazon Prime because they, it is this, this, I'm serious, man. I've done my research, right? This stuff is like winning barbecue tournaments and everything. I'm weird like that, right? So I ordered off of Amazon, I take it, and then I lather up both sides with, with the barbecue sauce, and then they go back on the smoker with no foil for another hour, and by the time I'm, I know, man, he's going, ooh, man. 
by the time they get off, they are so stinking tasty good. And my wife will make up some cornbread, you know, because the sides are, you've got to have baked beans with it, right? Come on, somebody. Are you feeling me on this a little bit, right? The, it's, all, it's all in the recipe. It's all in how you cook it, the low and slow recipe. And then by the time you eat the meal, I mean, it's just ridiculous. I can't wait for spring. You know what I'm saying? I can't wait for spring to come around. We're only a couple months away. It kind of feels like spring already, though, doesn't it? It's kind of been a weird. He's like, why can't you just do it now? I don't know. All I know is that Cody, our intern, I'm, I'm, he's getting married in, in June, and he uh, just got back from a Texas uh, trip with his fiance, and he came back, and he knows how I love my barbecue, and he came back, and he gave me a little present, and it was this Rudy's rub and a Rudy's barbecue sauce, and so I told him that one of our marriage counseling sessions is going to be at my house. And I'm going to use my recipe on one rack of ribs, and then I'm going to use your recipe on the other rack of ribs, and my recipe's going to win, okay? My recipe's going to win. But it's all in the recipe, friends, right? Amen? Anybody hungry? Anybody hungry now? Applebee's ain't doing it right. I'm just telling you. They, they can't do what I'm doing at the house. The heck did I say all that for? It has nothing to do with the message whatsoever. <laughs> Absolutely nothing. It's been a long week, friends. Here's the reality. What we just read through, the scripture that we just read through, I believe, like every other chapter that we've gone through so far, it's actually a recipe, if you will, or a game plan, a strategy for us becoming more like Jesus in this thing we call Christianity. It's a beautiful recipe, and if we follow the recipe, and if we apply it to our everyday lives, we're gonna live, love, and look more like Jesus. Amen? So let's just go ahead and jump right back in. We're gonna start in, um, in verse 15, where it says this. Paul says, look carefully then how... You walk. Look carefully then how you walk. So before he actually starts unpacking some really practical ideas and truths about how we walk this thing out and look a little bit more like Jesus, he says, hold on, stop one second, time out. Look carefully at how you walk. In other words, let me, let me put it to you in, in more simple terms. Like, how are you doing in your walk with Jesus Christ? How are you doing? Do you live Love and look like Jesus. And, 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 and it's like a self-evaluation, you know, carefully consider, so carefully consider now how you're walking out this thing you call Christianity. And, and you know what, some of us in here would, you know, would probably say, and I, it's almost like he's talking about how consistent are you? You know, are you consistent in your faith? Are you consistent in your walk? You know, not just Sundays and Thursday nights, do you, you know, you, you look great, but how you doing Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday Friday, Saturday, I mean, are you, are you, are you really happy when you come here and, and you know, put on a good face and, 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 you know, when you're at church and around other Christians, but how you doing, you know, when you're at your job, how you doing when you're at your school, how you doing when you're not here? And, and all of us 
should be saying, well, you know, I got work to do. And then others of you might be thinking like, well, I'll tell you what, I'm nailing it, man. Well, no, that's pride, so you're not starting off well, right? (laughs) Okay, so, uh, yeah. But all of us have work to do, right? We all have more room to grow in our walk and in, in looking, living, and loving like Jesus Christ. So I don't think any of us would, would, would say that we don't have, that we've got it all nailed down, that we've got it all together. And so he's saying, you know, consider carefully how you walk. So are you cranky? Are you, I know from time to time I can get a little cranky at the house. How about you, especially in the morning? I am not a morning person. And my wife and I are opposite. She's not a night person. She gets cranky at night. I get cranky in the morning. You know, and I sure, when I get cranky, I say things that I regret all the time. I mean, I got work to do in different areas of my life. Come on, somebody. You know, and, and it's almost like, and here's another question. How you doing? How you doing with your consistency? As in, you know, do you have a lot of, you know, really, really good spiritual highs, but then you also have these horrible, horrible spiritual lows where you just back away from everyone and everything that actually cares about you? And by the way, you know, verse 21 says, therefore, submit to one another out of reverence for Christ. How are we doing in that? How are we doing in that? Are we really submitting to one another because we love Jesus? Because if we love Jesus, it's saying that we'll actually submit to one another. How do you know if you're not submitted to one another? You actually turn your back on the people that care about you the most. Amen. When things get a little bit difficult, when, you know, how did Jesus love? It says love like Jesus did. Well, how did Jesus love? He loved with grace and truth. We all love grace, but when People that love us the most and care about us the most and, 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 and worry and, and want, us, want the best for us when they confront us in love and give us truth. Sometimes the truth hurts people. But are you fully submitted? One way to tell if you're fully submitted is to say, you know what, I received that. I don't know how to take that right now, but thank you for loving me enough to tell me that and, and you know, look out for me because I know that you want the best for me and you have the best. And one way to tell that you're not submitted is what, here's what you do. It offends you, and then you pull out of everything godly in your life. And the first people that you turn your backs on are, are you know, people in your small group or the church or whatever. That's how you know that you're not really fully submitted and surrendered to one another in this thing we call Christianity. So consider carefully, look carefully at how you walk. It's interesting. I want to go back to, to verses one and two in the message translation. I love how it breaks it down. It says, so watch what God does. And then you do it like children who learn proper behavior from their parents. Mostly what God does is love you. Keep company with him and learn a life of love. Observe how Christ loved. His love was not cautious. It was extravagant. He didn't love in order to get something from us, but to give everything of himself to us. And he just closes it by saying, I'll just love like that, okay? (laughs) <laughs> the most extravagant, amazing love of all time. Just love like that, okay? Everybody? All right. Good night, church. I'm so glad he doesn't stop there. But so if I, I think we're all being honest here. Can we just humble ourselves and say, yeah, we got work to do in that category? Okay, all of us, me included, right? We, we got work to do in that category. So here's what he says. We're gonna move on to the next scripture. And Paul, the first thing Paul brings up is this. Listen, so if, if you're with me, and you're saying, yep, I could use some help in that care. I'm not really doing that great in living, loving, and looking like Jesus. Awesome. That's fine. Help is on the way. 
Help is on the way. Paul's going to give us a little recipe of how we, we combat that and how we can actually live, love, and look a little bit more like Jesus Christ. He says wisdom's going to be essential. Look at verse 15, the rest of it. It says, look carefully then how you walk, not as unwise, but as wise. Okay, that's great. So what kind of wisdom are you talking about, Paul? Verse 16 answers it. He says this, and it's interesting what he says. He says, making the most of your time, because the days are evil. It's interesting to me that Paul associates making the most of the time that we've been given with godly wisdom. Isn't that interesting how he, he says, you know what, you're going to need wisdom to do that. Okay, you want to live, love, and look like Jesus, you're going to need wisdom. And that means to make the most of the time that you've been given. And can we all just come to agreement on something? This lifetime is going by really, really, really fast. And I remember being your age, which is probably 20 to mid-20s is, is the majority of you here. And I remember feeling like I had all the time in the world. And you may be, but listen to me, I'm telling you, and I'm not trying to be, you know, like your parents are, because I know that you've already heard this from them, because they always tell you, well, just enjoy it right now, because it's just going to go by like that. And you know what's funny is that I remember being like, dang, I, I don't want to hear that again from anybody ever. Why do you keep saying that to me? But I'm telling you, at my age, they were right. They were right. It goes faster and faster and faster. And the scripture tells us that this life is but a vapor. It's just like a mist. It just comes and it goes by us. And here's the reality, friends. You could even say and pray your whole lifetime, and I pray this for all of us, that we would all live to be 100. I think it would be amazing to hit the century mark, right? But even if you hit the century mark, that's still a short time in comparison to eternity, it's a really, really, really short period of time. And Paul is saying, make the most of the time that you got. The reality is, friends, none of us know how much time we've got either. None of us do. And he's saying that is living wisely. What's he saying? Live a life on purpose. Live your life on purpose every single day. Make the most of it. Jesus came so that we could have life and have it to the full. Live it to the full every single day. Don't live unwise. Live wisely by making the most of every opportunity that we get. Somebody say amen to that. Amen. So it starts out, you know, our, how are we doing in our walk? Are we living like Jesus? Well, in order to live like Jesus, we need to get wisdom, and oh, that's great. So the wisdom that we need to get, you know, is making the most of the time that we've got, which is exactly how Jesus lived, by the way. But then Paul keeps his foot on the gas. He keeps going. Verse 17, he says this. Therefore, do not be foolish, but understand what the will of the Lord is. Therefore, do not be foolish, but understand what the will of the Lord is. Of the Lord is. How many of you know that it's wisdom to understand what God's will is? So don't live foolishly. Don't be unwise. Live wisely. Okay, make the most of the time you get. But also don't forget to understand what the will of the Lord is. And I don't believe what Paul is saying here is necessarily having to do with the specific will for each of our lives. By the way, God has a specific plan and purpose for every single one of us. I don't think that's necessarily what he's talking about in this passage of Scripture. I think what he's saying, and after studying it a little bit, I, this is kind of what Paul is alluding to. He's saying, don't live foolishly. Understand the will of God. So here's the reality, friends, is that this life is extremely difficult, is it not? Yeah. 
This life is very difficult. And, and so many times our external circumstances, negative things that are happening to us, happening around us, get us to focus so solely on what is right in front of us and what happens to us as we become spiritually blind to the things that God is doing in our lives. And so how do, we, how do we make sure that we're understanding what the will of God is in really negative, horrible, awful circumstances? One of the best ways that I know how to do it, friends, is simply getting with other friends who are following and chasing after God, getting with them, getting together, and simply talking about God. Talk about what Jesus is doing. Talk about what is going on in the grand scheme of things because here's the reality. God is so much bigger than all the giants, all the enemies, all of the problems, all of the issues in every single one of our lives. God is so much bigger than them, yet we allow external circumstances to preach a message to us that he is not good, that he is not big, that you cannot solve your problem. No, 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 God is much bigger and can handle every giant in your life if you just trust and put your hope in him. We talked a few weeks ago about Abraham, how in hope, Abraham brought glory to God. Let me tell you what the chief purpose of every human being on this planet is. It is to glorify God with our lives. It's it. So whatever you do, glorify God in whatever you do. And that includes right now. And if you do that well right now, you'll be entrusted with more down the road. Come on, somebody understand what the will of God is. And here's the, here's the reality too. God is still saving humanity. <laughs> God is still doing amazing things all across this planet. He's saying, don't get so narrow-sighted and so focused on what's right here. Start talking about God. And the more you talk about the will of God and understand what he is doing, it will change the way patience and hope feels because it's by faith and patience that we inherit the promises of God for our lives. Now that stuff, like when you hear it, it's like, oh man, that sucks. Faith and patience? I gotta wait? I got want it now. It's by faith and patience that we inherit all of the promises of God that have been promised to us. I don't know about you, but I want to inherit some promises in this lifetime, man. I want to enter into the promised land, whatever that looks like for me. I don't know what that looks like. I know it's a Bible term, a promised land. I want to get there. You know what I'm saying? But here's the reality. Before you get there, there's going to be giants to slay. There's going to be some things that are going to need to go down before you walk in. And by the way, God can handle all of them. So is our hope, our faith, and our trust in him. Understand what the will of God is. He goes on. And, and he says this in verse 18. This seems to come so out of left field, you guys. <laughs> so we're talking about, are we living like Jesus? We need wisdom to do it, which is living the life to full every day, live our lives as, as best as we can, and then make sure that you understand what the will of God is. You know, look at the big picture. Try not to sweat the small stuff, right? And then in verse 18, he says, stop drinking so much alcohol. <laughs> it's like, What? How does that even fit in here? Yeah, are you, are you drinking too much wine, Ephesians? Would you just, you know, not get drunk on wine? For that is debauchery. All that means is you make really, really horrible decisions that you regret in the morning, and anybody that's gotten drunk understands exactly what I'm talking about. But listen to me. 
See, the church has made this out to be just a scripture about alcohol. Don't drink alcohol. How dare you, you sinners? Wine is of the devil. Right? Right? So the church, that's not, now, now it's the, the scripture is there, but that's not what Paul was actually talking about. It's interesting. He was actually using this as a metaphor that the people that he was writing to in that culture in that period of time would absolutely 100% known what he was talking about. So it was simply a setup, and I'm gonna, I'm gonna break it down a little bit further. It was a setup to say this, but be filled with the Spirit, but be filled with the Spirit. Do not get drunk on wine, which leads to debauchery, but be filled with the Spirit of God. What the people of that period of time would have understood is this. And you have to understand something about that culture versus our culture. That culture, their wine was very weak. Nowadays, wine is much stronger, okay, and probably tastes better. So here's the reality. They, in that period of time, if they were going to drink wine to get drunk, which is sin, wine is not bad. Drinking wine to get drunk, sin. God has grace for that, okay? It's not an unforgivable sin or anything like that, right? right? But as we mature in Christ, those are things that we should stop doing. We should stop getting drunk. Fair enough? Amen. Okay, so here's the, here's the reality. Do not get drunk with wine, which leads to debauchery, be filled with the Spirit. They would have known that because the wine of that, of that culture and that time period was so much weaker than the wine that we have today, it would have taken them hours and hours, depending on what their tolerance level was, hours and hours before they actually got drunk because the wine was a lot weaker. Nowadays, it's different. It's like, Pastor, you haven't hung out with me. I could have two, and I'm like, gone. You know, I'm singing Sweet Caroline, and the next thing I know, it's like, Closing time is playing <laughs> at the bar, and it's two in the morning. Like, listen, listen, in that culture, and then they send pictures of you and post them online. <laughs> Sweet Caroline. She's all messed up. Okay, these are things that we need to stop doing as we mature in Christ, okay? But they would have had to have drank for hours to get drunk. Paul is using that as a metaphor to say, listen, you know that you, would have, you, you have to drink for that length of time to get drunk. Do the same thing with the Spirit of God. <laughs> Blowing your minds. <laughs> they would have known it this way. So don't, listen, don't do that, but you know how long it, take, it, it took you to actually get drunk? Now, use that same mentality towards the Spirit of God so that you can drink in the Spirit of God so that when you drink in the Spirit of God, it won't lead you. Listen, when you're drunk with the Spirit of God, I shouldn't even say it like that, but when you're filled with the Spirit of God, which is what it says, when you're filled with the Spirit of God, you're not gonna wanna get drunk on wine anymore. Is this good? Is this good? So Paul, Paul's giving us a recipe, right? So he keeps going on in verse 19. Okay, so how do I drink in the Spirit? Then how do I get filled with the Spirit? Now listen to me. Every single one of you who has said yes to following Jesus Christ has the Holy Spirit. You don't have to go out searching for the Spirit of God. The Spirit of God lives in you the moment you say yes and believe and put your faith in Jesus Christ. Are we clear? 
So he says, but he's talking about a continual filling of the spirit of God. And so how do we do that, Paul? Verse 19, addressing one another. Hold on, I wanna hit a timeout and pause right there. Addressing one another. What do we do every time we come here on Thursday nights? What do we start out with? We address one another. We address, listen, God is calling none of us and nobody in the body of Christ to be a maverick. We need goose. You guys have no idea what I'm talking about. Top Gun. Listen, we were built, we are built for community. We are built for community. He's saying, don't you dare go off on your own because you're gonna get eaten alive. You need to be addressing one another. And then he goes on and he says, in psalms, in hymns, and spiritual songs, singing and making melody to the Lord with your heart. How do we start out every single Thursday? We sing our hearts out. We make melody. We have an amazing band that comes up who's extremely gifted and talented. And we sing our hearts out to the Lord. So this is how he's saying that we get filled with the spirit of Jesus Christ. Listen, all I know is this. There are times when my circumstances, I had a horrible week. How about you? Some of you did too. And here's the reality. I came in, you know, I was at home last night. And it was about 6.20. We have services on Wednesday nights at 6.30. And I said to my wife, I don't know, I just feel like I'm supposed to go to service. And how many of you know that's enough for me to think, man, you know, that's, that's probably God. Go to church, <laughs> right? That's, that's probably God. So I said, you know, I just need to go. And I wasn't involved in the service or nothing. I got there a little bit late, and I got there during the third song. Tiffany, you were singing, It Is Well With My Soul. Would you come up and play keys for me? You're the best. So I, I come in and Tiffany, by the way, you nailed it, like killed it. And, and it was like the third song of the worship set and I was having a rough time and things weren't going so well. But all I know is this, I came in and all of a sudden I start worshiping and I start proclaiming and singing, it is well with my soul. You guys know the song, right? It is well with my soul. I suck at singing. Thank God I don't come up here. But listen, I start singing and proclaiming this song and making a melody in my heart. And next thing I know, I'm crying within one minute. I walked all the way from the parking lot in, and next thing I know, my hands are raised, I'm praising God, and then I'm in tears because I'm declaring something that I maybe wasn't declaring a little bit before that, which is, man, this, oh man, wow, it's a rough week, man, I'm struggling. No, but it is well, right? Next thing you know, all of a sudden, something changed in my perspective and everything that I was, was not seeing. All of a sudden, yes, Lord, it is well with my soul. You know what? You've done everything that you need to do for me. And I thank you that I'm not where I want to be, but I'm not where I used to be because of you, Jesus. So it's well with my soul tonight. It is well with my soul. And you know what happened? I got filled with the Spirit. That's why, again... Paul's saying, don't get drunk with wine, which leads to debauchery, but be filled with the Spirit by singing songs, spiritual songs, spiritual songs. And listen, what we're doing up here is not like the Christian top 40. Oh, that was hard to get out. But 
We're singing songs and we're declaring things about God, what we have in Jesus Christ. And even tonight, it's like the great I am song, right? The mountains shake before you. The demons run and flee at the name, at the mention of your name, King of Majesty. And when we declare those things out loud, all of a sudden, something changes. And I don't know what it is. No, I do. Paul tells us what it is. You got filled with the Spirit of God again. And by the way, that's a promise. That's a promise of Scripture that God Himself, the Spirit of Jesus Christ, inhabits the praises of His people. It's a promise. So, what happens? Listen, you may be having a week or a season from hell, and you could get into a community where we address one another, and there's something about all of us together proclaiming the goodness of God. When you do it, it helps me. When I'm shouting, it helps Scott. When Scott and Shauna and Mike are shouting it out right next to me, there's power in it. I don't know it. I can't even explain it, and I'm not even going to try to theologically do it. I just know that when we do that, God promises that he will come and inhabit. That means literally to take up residence and fill you again. This life of following Jesus Christ is about being continually filled with the Spirit of God. How important is it to come here? It's very important. You want to know what's amazing? Even in the midst of this, this, this past, you know, hellish week that we just kind of had and what you've been going through, Scott, and I'm so glad that you're out of the hospital and you're back here on your feet looking good. Stay the course, man. It's going to be amazing. But in these hellish circumstances, I was, I was, my, my son was puking Monday morning at like seven o'clock and I'm holding him like this, you know, I'm behind him, he's on the toilet. I got his like stomach and his chest and, and he's just puking and sweating, you know, and I'm like in his ear just saying, all right, buddy, it's gonna be okay. It's gonna be okay, good job, like, you know, good job. Like, why is he, <laughs> I'm throwing up, dad, good job. You're doing great, I'm so proud of you. <laughs> what is wrong with me? You know, I have nothing better to say, you know. I'm just trying to love him, right? And he looks up at me. <laughs> he looks up at me and he goes, I hate my life. <laughs> I said, son, <laughs> I know it sucks right now, but things are going to get better. You know, it's like, things are going to get better. So your life may suck right now, and I'm sorry if it does, but don't quit on Jesus. It'll get better. God has a crown of righteousness on the other side of those who just simply stay the course. That's what scripture says. And that's the half-brother of Jesus, James. I want to meet him in heaven one day and say, when did you know that your brother was God? I'll let you guys think about that one. So just stay the course, man. Right? And, and something happens in the midst of those hellish times. When we come together, we address one another, and all of a sudden we're singing, proclaiming, loving, belting out, shouting, God, you are the great I am. I don't have it all together. My circumstances suck right now. I hate my life. 
shouting unto God and you'll be filled with the Spirit of God. I can't tell you how many times. I've had at least a half dozen times when I have gotten done preaching a sermon after a worship uh, time together here at Access. Just two weeks ago, two or three weeks ago, I had a guy come to me in the back. I'd never met him and he says, oh my gosh, man, you know, he goes, he, he says, I was, you know, I'm, I was really struggling with some stuff and matter of fact, uh, my friends were, uh, were wanting me to go downtown to this bar and meet him after the service and so I made all these plans to go meet him and we were going to drink and, you know, we were going to, and he goes, but I'm not going to do it anymore. I said, <laughs> do you want do you want to know why he said, I'm not going to go anymore. I'm not going to do that. He got filled with the spirit of God and the spirit of God doesn't need to drink alcohol to have a good time and live life to the full. Not to say, listen, don't misinterpret what I'm saying. Again, wine, not bad. Drinking wine to get drunk, bad idea. Leads to debauchery. We all know this. But be filled with the Spirit of God. Come together, sing a bunch of songs to God, and all of a sudden you'll be filled with the Spirit of God again. Amen. And then it goes on and he finishes by saying this. Giving thanks always. Giving thanks always and for everything to God the Father in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. You want to get closer to God and you want to get filled with more of the Spirit of God in your life? Get your thanker out. Yeah, you heard me. Write it down. Take a note. Get your thanker out. <laughs> it's true. Do you remember last week when I was telling you? I think it was last week. I said, son, sit down right now. He was getting ungrateful. Remember that? I said, son, sit down. I want you to list off as many things right now that you're thankful for. By the way, this would be a good exercise for every single one of you to do tonight. And he wrote down 20 things. I'm thankful for this. I'm thankful for this. And number 10 was like, I'm thankful for my life. But then he said, I hate my life two days later. Right? Right? I'm thankful. I'm thankful. Listen, you want to be filled with the Spirit of God. By the way, God gives his grace to the humble, not the ungrateful, not the proud, not the people who think that they got it all together. Listen, Jesus is sufficient to come up and, and, and literally to, to make up for our weaknesses. He's okay with that. He says, my strength is made perfect in your weakness, in your faults. Let me cover that. Listen, do you know what that means? That means that every single one of us can just be who we are. We don't have to put on a front. Give thanks in all things. Listen to me. Another scripture that Paul says is, in all things, give thanks. Don't have to be thankful for all things, but we can be thankful in all things. Even when I hate my life seasons are going on. Amen? And then it finishes by saying, therefore, submit to one another out of reverence of Christ. How are we doing? How are we doing in that? Consider carefully how you walk. Are you living, loving, and looking more like Jesus? Do you look more like Jesus today than you did a year ago? We need wisdom to do it, okay? Wisdom is living life to the fullest, living life on purpose every single day. So make sure that you understand the will of God. Look at the big picture and stop sweating the small stuff and be continually filled with the Spirit of God through singing together as a community and in all things, give thanks unto God. Friends, that is Paul's recipe for living, loving, and looking more like Jesus Christ. Somebody say amen.
Let me pray. Father, I thank you, God, for this amazing scripture. God, thank you for loving us enough to confront us where we need to be confronted. Thank you for being just a good dad to us. Father, I just pray that you would strengthen us with power in our innermost being, God, so that we could rule and reign in this lifetime through the power of your Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit, I ask that you would enable every single person in this room to live, to love, and to look more like Jesus. God, give us strength. Fill us again. Thank you for filling us again tonight with more of yourself, God. Thank you that in you, Jesus, we have life and life to the full. Show us what that actually looks like day to day. Holy Spirit, give us eyes to see and ears to hear what you're telling us. I thank you, Jesus, that this this body, this group, this community is maturing in their walk with you. Expedite the process somehow, God. Quicken the process somehow, Lord, so that we can all be fully mature in our faith in Jesus Christ so that we can show the world who doesn't understand your son what he looks like, how he lives, and how he loves. Do it in us, God, because only you can do that in us. We can't do it on our own. We need your help. So we humble ourselves right now, and we pray for your grace and your mercy, your kindness, your goodness, and all of your favor to just shower over every single one of us in this room right now in Jesus' name. Help us to live this out as soon as we even leave here, God. Thank you that we can continually be filled with the Holy Spirit, that there's always more, there's always more, there's always more, and all we gotta do is come to you and drink. Pray this in Jesus' name, we all together said, amen. We hope you enjoyed this message. If you'd like to join us live, we meet every Thursday night at 7 p.m. in the ground floor at Res Life in Granville, Michigan. Or you can watch us online at reslife.org slash live. You can also keep in touch with the Access Ministry on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Access RLC.